You know, it's my great pleasure right now to introduce to everybody a man who really needs no introduction. Carl. 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 Dragon. King. Carl. I'm not calling the fans geeks. I'm not calling them rednecks, tobacco chewing nothing, because I've done all that myself. Carl. 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 Dragon. King. Carl. In your dreams, you will see me. Excuse me, please. Let's don't talk negatively. I'm going to win the title, I'm going to keep my money and buy me some good old Tennessee drinking whiskey with it. Thank you for being such a great husband. And this is for you, Fannie Mae. Solid gold, baby, just like you and me. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the When It Was Cool Wrestling Podcast. This uh, podcast is produced and distributed by WhenItWasCool.com. And uh, this particular show can be heard at WhenItWasCool.com. WrestlingObserver.com, Figure4Online.com. I am your host, Carl Stern, Dragon King Carl, wrestling historian, fan of classic pro wrestling. I've been doing the classic wrestling show at Wrestling Observer and Figure 4 for darn near 15 years. And even before that, uh, put out multiple insider pro wrestling publications dating all the way back to the 1990s. I was once certified as a pro wrestling expert by a court in the state of Georgia when I uh, assisted a uh, the attorney office of Meadows, Ictor, and Trigg in uh, pursuing a case against World Championship Wrestling. Uh, there was a discrimination case filed, very famous case, and I was hired to do uh, statistical information gathering and uh, was thus so court certified. So I love talking about pro wrestling history. I love talking about classic pro wrestling, and today we're going to go to one of the things I loved so much about my wrestling fandom back as I was growing up in the in the 1970s and 1980s, in the 1980s especially, my sweet spot of pro wrestling fandom was the newsstand wrestling magazines. We're going to review the January 1984 issue of Pro Wrestling Illustrated Magazine. Now, I was already buying newsstand magazines at this point in time you often don't hear people talk about them anymore because uh quite frankly everything is um uh, magazines don't not really a, not really that big a deal anymore right with the internet and and uh on, your your online websites now have replaced magazines by and large i know they still exist in fact pro wrestling illustrated still exist but uh for the most part you know people get their information online now and the magazines were also, they observed kayfabe. They observed uh, storylines. They weren't insider publications. Uh, they uh, covered the stories, made their own stories up. But it was the, it was the place to really get uh, information about different territories back in the days before cable was so uh, prolific, back before the Internet. Uh, you had to, uh, you know, you, you may have to find out where, you know, pro wrestling, uh, your favorite pro wrestling star might have been through the magazines or might be going through the magazines or who is this person. You learned about them through the newsstand magazines. And I know nowadays they, they're kind of discounted because of their kayfabe nature. But let me tell you, uh, they were a very big deal. Uh, they were much bigger deal than they're giving credit for nowadays. So many fans, especially in rural areas without widespread cable access, in the early to mid-1980s, 
this was their pipeline of wrestling information and uh you could go and and people think this sounds ridiculous but i promise you it's it's the truth ask anybody that grew up during this time period if you went into any grocery store drug store department store that had a magazine rack a newsstand as they used to call them uh it was a common sight back then you'd have a comic book spinner rack and a, a big selection of magazines and that was a common sight that was commonplace and there on that newsstand in any given month especially right around the time we're talking about now so the january 84 issue would have actually have came out in about the fall of 1983 during that time period it was it was it was standard that there would be probably six to eight pro wrestling magazines on the news stuff different titles not six or eight of the same title there would be multiple issues of each newsstand magazine but there'd be six to eight different titles now many of those were from the weston family of magazines which are often called the after mags now that would be pro wrestling illustrated the wrestler inside wrestling and then they had various uh, quarterly uh different uh issues that had a lot more full color and would be more personality uh, profile type stuff driven your news and information although it would be months old would come from pro wrestling illustrated uh, the wrestler and inside wrestling and pro wrestling illustrated became kind of the the flagship of that lineup but there would be others from other companies as well uh the ones that uh the napolitano mags uh for george napolitano was photographer for several magazines as well so there will be you know a variety of wrestling magazines up there all right so we're going to take a look at the january 1984 issue of pro wrestling illustrated magazine uh only cover is uh rick martell and uh this is the issue, actually, where you get to vote. You get to send in your ballot for Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Wrestler of the Year, Rookie of the Year, all that stuff. Now, these didn't really count. They made these awards up. But you got to feel like you were participating in the process. It seemed like you were in the process back then. This is the one where they had it. And on the cover, it says, Special Fan va- Ballot, Vote for 1983's Best Wrestlers and Greatest Achievements. And then that issue, the year-end issue, was their biggest, most celebrated issue back then that would come out in December, very much toward the end of the year, probably like the uh, like the third Thursday of, of December. And so you would end up the new year with your, you know, with your Wrestlers of the Year. Of course, back then, you know, as a kid, you, you think these are legit, but... Whatever, it didn't matter. There's always good. All these, these issues were always, always very well done, very well put together. The uh, lead story with our big photo of Rick Martell is, uh, is wrestling too tough? Is AWA wrestling too tough for Rick Martell? Well, Rick Martell is about to get his biggest push there ever in the AWA, as a matter of fact. Of course, Rick Martell, we know, would later on uh, come back to the WWF. He had already previously been in the WWF, but he's going to come back. And he's going to be the model, of course. Um, and, you know, it seemed like, you know, AWA right here was going for a good-looking young baby face, you know, good in-ring wrestler. It's kind of like, uh, I've always thought, like, AWA sort of poised Rick Martell to be their Ricky Steamboat. And, look, he was really good back then. He, he, if anything, Rick Martell just sort of plateaued when he got to the WWF. And, of course, he was there with, with uh, Strike Force for a while, the Can-Am connection with Tom Zink. 
and then a later strike force with Tito Santana, and then transition being the heel, the model. Um, and, and while that character certainly is memorable, he kind of plateaued right there. And if you remember back, I mean, there's this brief stint after Martel had left the WWF there in the Monday Night War era where Rick Martel actually resurfaced in WCW and won the TV title and was having some of the best matches on the card. It's just that he ended up, I think, injuring his knee. His run there was really short, but for a couple months span of time, uh, he was having some of the best matches in the company, and it was really crazy to see this guy who, by that time, most you know thought of him as a as a name from the distant past was was actually had a lot left in the tank. But he's a guy that walked completely away from wrestling too. Like he's a he's really has had very little to do with wrestling. He's done a couple shoot interviews and stuff, but they're they're very rare and uh, uh, hard to come by. He really just walked away from wrestling pretty much for the most part the cover also says and this is a kind of a a little bit chilling if you know the inside back story uh says the anger of snooker uh also putsky and santana bob Backlund lied to us of course that's your big uh, stars of the wwf at this point in time exclusive coverage the Freebirds regain the six-man tag team titles from the Von Erichs. And, of course, six-man titles are back in the news now with AEW doing these belts. But back in the 1980s, mid-1980s especially, you had uh, WCW would be coming out with a, with a set of uh, six-man tag team titles in a few years. Uh, actually, not that long from now, a couple years after this point in time, Crockett Promotions, actually, with uh, for you know, Dusty Rhodes and the Road Warriors, or the Road Warriors and Tenru, and uh, the feud with the Russians, and of course, Mexico's always had the six-man belts, but they were, down in Texas for world class, that was part of the biggest, uh, the biggest uh, storyline they had, the Freebirds and Von Erichs, the six-man tag team belts, so it was great stuff. All right, so uh, go into the inside page. First page we get to is our contents page, and we got a picture of uh, Buzz Sawyer, the Freebirds there. Our first article is Between Falls, and uh, this is our letters page. And again, I wonder if any of these people are actually real folks. I wonder if any of these people, I always like to look through these and see if we recognize any names of future newsletter writers, wrestlers tv personalities whatever uh clifford lures of great falls virginia are you there are you listening to this if so let me know barney thompson cape cod maine mark roberts of san diego mark Sennett of harrison new york that name sounds a little bit familiar all right, the uh, next page, King's Court by Peter King. Of course, as with most magazines back in the day, remember, because of the way they're laid out, newspapers also, you get a continued on page whatever, and our letters page are continued on page 50, so we'll have to wait till the back half of the magazine. It's weird now, right, thinking about this with that most everybody on the Internet. We've been on the Internet for so many years. You think about this, you know, just lateral reading. Well, it, it used to be, you used to have to work at it back in the days uh king's court with peter king he was an associate editor there and this is just some sort of editorial and this editorial happens to be about big john stud and uh and it's got a picture of fred blassie 
who's managing Big John Studd, it says, Realizing that in every match there is at least a brief opportunity for victory, Fred Blassie continues to send Big John Studd into battle against Andre the Giant. And it's basically talking about how Andre wins all their matches, which he did. Andre's not putting Big John Studd over. Come on. Couldn't stand Big John Studd. Dressing Room Confidential by Stu Sachs. Uh, again, another editorial piece. And this one's about Ted DiBiase. And uh, Ted DiBiase, I wrote when I did the uh, 201 Greatest Pro Wrestlers of All Time list over at uh, whenitwascool.com. Hope you've had an opportunity to check that out and listen to some of the podcasts I've done about it. They're all on our free feed over there for When It Was Cool Wrestling. Ted DiBiase's actually a guy who, for you know, ever since this time that we're talking about this magazine right here, he's been considered one of the very best. But, you know, there, there became kind of a DiBiase backlash a little bit. And it's kind of interesting to look. You can read uh, the in, his entry in the article, The 201 Greatest Pro Wrestlers of All Time, if you want to. In fact, pretty much everybody we've talked about so far, Rick Martel, Ted DiBiase, yeah, they're, they're all on that list if you want to look at that. So, uh, anyway, this is one of those worked articles about you know where they put themselves in the story Stu Sachs says Ted DiBiase and I are speaking again it's not as it used to be Ted and I were very close friends not too long ago when Ted abandoned his scientific style and that was always a great thing about the newsstand magazines they wouldn't use the term faces and heel nor would they use like the term every actual wrestling fan out there used which was good guy and bad guy right no, they used the term scientific wrestler and rule breaker. That was their uh, in-house description of how to explain faces and heels. So Ted DiBiase was turning back and forth back in that time. Okay, what are they saying? These are made-up quotes from different wrestling stars. I always love these because some of them are way out of character. What are they saying? Every month our reporters will compile wrestlers' most revealing quotes, often catching the grapplers with their guard down. Our reporters will work endlessly in obtaining interesting quotes on a variety of subjects. Jim Garvin. So what does Jim Garvin have to say? Well, it don't fly real well here in the year of our Lord, 2023. But what Jim Garvin says is, can you believe that any man in the year 1983 (laughs) would actually spank a woman? The Von Erichs must be stuck in a time warp or something. This isn't 1921. Men don't own women. Women are human beings, not playthings. I'm disgusted by their actions, and if I were Sunshine, I would take them to court. Now, you may be saying, Carl, well, that's a perfectly acceptable probo for here in 2023. Jimmy Garvin's the heel. <laughs> the baby faces are the ones that's done this. Jimmy Garvin is, sell- is saying this to piss you off because you, as a viewer of the program in 1983 think well of course they ought to spank sunshine uh that's what baby faces do because she's a cheater like how the world has changed (laughs) you know jimmy garvin this is a great baby face promo for 40 years later general skandar akbar there's a picture of skandar akbar with a giant cigar shoved in his mouth he looks ridiculous says, no one man has yet to score a decisive victory over my Ugandan giant, Kamala. Kamala is the most savage individual in professional wrestling today. I dare any man to challenge him and leave the ring without an injury. Kamala is a living terror. 
Bill Alfonso, yes, you know, 20 years later, or whatever, 10 years later, I guess, he's going to be, you know, a character there in ECW. But right now, he's just a referee down in Florida. So, let's see what Fonzie has to say, according to PWI. I have officiated a lot of matches in the two years, two years, I've been working in Florida. But I've never seen a match as brutal as the bull rope match between Dusty Rhodes and Ron Bass. With J.J. Dillon's help, Bass has turned into a madman. This feud might never end. Of course, obviously, that's a super generic promo. Just, you know, to tell us, the reader, who can't get Florida wrestling, that, oh, Dusty Rhodes and Ron Bass are in a feud down there, and J.J. Dillon's involved. The final quote is from good old Tommy Wildfire Rich. Somebody say something about Tommy Rich says, according to PWI, I don't think that damn Buzz Sawyer will ever learn that going out there on TV making a fool out of himself, screaming and yelling and making his face turn all red is not going to make him a popular guy. People think he's crazy. I wouldn't be surprised if sooner or later someone came into the TV studio and took him away in a white truck. <laughs> oh, Tommy Rich. You gotta love Tommy Rich. Oh, there's a, there's another page of this. Ted DiBiase. I couldn't be happier. I lost the Loser Leave Town match to Jim Duggan on purpose. Seriously, do you think a fool like Duggan, or Dugan as they called him down there, or Bill Watts called him, could actually beat me in the ring, let alone a cage? I wanted to get out of all my contracts. I'm sick of Mid-South Wrestling, and I'm sick of the stupid fans I want out. Bugsy McGraw, I guess he's up in Crockett promotion. Jerry Lawler, see if it sounds in the voice of Jerry Lawler. I've been preoccupied with Nick Bockwinkle for most of the year, so much that I've ignored the fans right here in my home state of Tennessee. But I'm trying to make it up to them. There's a lot going on here. It needs my attention, and I plan to pay attention to those things until they're straightened out. Wow, that is a generic comment. Ken Patera, Magnificent Morocco. Okay, let's see what Morocco has to say. Brother Snuka, I hope you can see now why I am the Magnificent Morocco. You have now felt my magnificence in the ring, and now you will have to admit to yourself, brother, that I am the truly magnificent one. I am the WWF Intercontinental Champion, and I will always be the better man. Wow, that is terrible writing on that. Liz Hunter is on assignment, apparently, and uh, she has gone down to the world-class area. We get a big picture of David Von Erich holding the the... Heel, who we now really know is a babyface champion of women's rights, Jimmy Garvin down on the mat, says David Von Erich keeps a watchful eye on sunshine at ringside as he applies an arm bar on gorgeous Jim Garvin. For a woman of 120 pounds, sunshine can cause a lot of trouble for Garvin's opponents. So more about that. Obviously, you can see what the big program in world class is. Off the Top Rope by Dan Shockett. Interesting. There's been nothing by Bill Apter so far in, the, in this issue. Dan Shockett's Off the Top Rope, and uh, uh, he's the heel uh, rider, by the way. This month's column is devoted to fans' reactions to the recently concluded title reign of Ric Flair. But before we begin, I'd like to congratulate Steve Ward. As many fans angrily remember, Steve wrote a delightful little poem that I printed in the October 1983 column pointing out the all-too-obvious faults of Tommy Rich. The uh, reaction was astonishing. An avalanche of letters from Rich fans soon arrived. 
Steve, you should be proud of the boorish and inconsequential insults hurled at you. They prove you're a perceptive wrestling fan and a poet with his fingers on the public pulse. So I guess somebody wrote in a, a heel letter there. Jimmy Frankenell, are you listening? Williamsville, New York. Gary Crosby of Colonial, New Jersey. Are you listening? Kevin Hopkins, New York. Any of these folks, members of the F4W Empire, are listening at whenitwascool.com. Deborah S. Mobley of Lantana, Florida. Kathy Noggle of Illinois. Press conference with Buzz Sawyer. This is where they have a fake interview every month where they sit down and act like they're interviewing somebody. And in this instance, it's Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer. They've got a, a, a quote. <laughs> they have a quote put in quotations uh, from Buzz Sawyer. He says, I enjoyed battering Popper's head with the chain. Yeah, and I enjoyed the taste of my own blood and spitting it right into Popper's face. Ha, ha, ha. Some uh, intricate fighting. <laughs> Some intricate writing there. All right. Let's see here. In Focus with Craig Peters. Still nothing from Bill After here. Interesting. In Focus with Craig Peters. So this is kind of like uh, news sort of uh, stuff. Uh, still built after all these years. We get a, a photo, a recent photo there of Bruno San Martino, who apparently is in still in great shape at this time. Giving up on Flair? Not exactly. And they print a letter from a fan who's still behind Ric Flair, apparently. Uh, you Can Go Home Again is an article about Kurt Hennig, who is... Uh, uh, I guess Kurt Hittig is back in the area in which he first became a successful wrestler, the Pacific Northwest. So Jim Valley, here's one of your folks. Uh, the uh, He reports he is enjoying his championship reign there. As the Pacific Northwest heavyweight champion, I receive a lot of competition from wrestlers who want my title, Hennig said in a recent telephone interview. Frankly, this area of the country gets ignored by a lot of people, and it shouldn't. The Pacific Northwest has spawned some of the great wrestlers, such as Jimmy Snuka, Roddy Piper, Rocky Johnson, and Buzz Sawyer. The talent we have here on a regular basis is second to none, as far as I'm concerned. But I have a weak spot in my heart for this area, Henning continued. This is where I first gained national popularity. The fans here give me tremendous support as I was developing my wrestling style, and they continue to give me support now. I've spent years traveling all around the world, but the Pacific Northwest will always be a special sort of home to me. Yeah, Kurt Henning had a great deal of of uh, success there. All right, let's take our mid-show break right here. When we come back, we'll talk about vote for 1983's greatest. We'll talk about our contenders for wrestler of the year, rookie of the year, and all that good stuff for Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazine right after this. We depend on Patreon support for our website and podcast network. In order to continue these podcasts you enjoy, we need you to visit whenitwascool.com and pledge at least $1. You'll gain access to lots of exclusive podcasts, newsletters, and more. Sign up is quick, simple, and can be canceled at any time. Whenitwascool.com and click any Patreon link. Thank you. Hope you'll take a second time right now to go to my website, whenitwascool.com, and check out our aggregated uh, averaged list of the 201 greatest pro wrestlers of all time. I took over 30 lists, uh, about half from mainstream sources, internet sources, magazines, uh, books, 
and uh, took about half of these from uh, well-studied, well-known wrestling historians. I took their rankings, averaged them all together. Included in this is the cumulative Pro Wrestling Illustrated Top 500, speaking of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Averaged them together and come up with a ranking of the, if you ask the universe, who are the 201 greatest pro wrestlers of all time? This is the consensus opinion. Not mine. My, look, my list would look very different. Yours probably would too. And it's come to some interesting conclusions. You'll discover, hey, you know, are some people perhaps overrated? Are some people perhaps underrated? Are there bubbles in, in wrestling media? And I think so. I think this clearly showed a, a few. Southern professional wrestling being one of them. Uh, I think it's a very interesting study of what the collective opinion about who the greatest pro wrestlers of all time are. So, again, I hope you'll take the time go over to winitwascool.com. And also, if you'll subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from, to the When It Was Cool Wrestling Podcast, we talk about some of these uh, interesting uh, findings and stuff, plus deep dive into pro wrestling history. So visit us over at whenitwascool.com, and ultimately we hope you'll become a Patreon supporter there where you'll get instant access to over 2,000 podcasts in our directory. So here we're talking about 1983 Pro Wrestling Illustrated, uh, January 83 Pro Wrestling Illustrated. And this is where you get to vote for your wrestler of the year. So just vote for 1983's uh, greatest. And it's a big two-page spread here, broken apart, the best wrestlers and achievements. And we've got a rundown here of, of the previous year's winners. And so this is interesting. So for 1982... And again, the, these were these awards are work. This isn't like the Observer Awards where they are legitimately voted on by fans. But these are, you know, this is a good representation of who the most pushed was. And we did use these, uh, the Wrestler of the Year, in our uh, cumulative ratings of the 201 Greatest Pro Wrestlers. They got a 25-point bonus uh, for being Wrestler of the Year in Pro Wrestling Illustrated because that is reflective of who was kind of the top uh, presented star in that year. In 1982, the Rookie of the Year was Brad Armstrong. Most Improved Wrestler of the Year was Barry Windham. Most Popular Wrestler of the Year was Andre the Giant. Most Hated Wrestler of the Year was Ted DiBiase. Inspirational Wrestler of the Year was Roddy Popper. Wrestler of the Year was Bob Backlund. Tag Team of the Year was Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel. Manager of the Year, James J. Dillon. And the match of the year was the Bob Backlund versus Jimmy Snuka Madison Square Garden cage match. I mean, that's a pretty good list there. I, I don't have the observer list in front of me to uh, to compare, but, you know, hey, that's, that's a pretty solid list there. There's not a lot to argue with that. Um, I would say for this one that, and I may here in a minute pull up the... Uh, pull up the night see who actually won these let's do that right now who actually won the 1983 pro wrestling illustrated awards um 1983 pwi awards awards pro wrestling illustrated so here we go let's click that go to 1983 Way back. Well, they've been doing this a long time. All right. So your wrestler of the year ends up being Harley Race. 
uh, which makes sense. I mean, Harley Race had won the world title early in 1983 and held it all the way to December to Star or to Thanksgiving to Starcade. So by the time the votes are supposedly being tallied, Race is still the NWA world champion, although he's about to lose it back to Flair. So that makes sense. Nick Botwinkle, the AWA world champions number two andre the giants number three and wwf champion bob backlund's number four so that's that's a pretty solid list there uh can't argue much about that the tag team of the year for 1983 is going to be the road warriors and of course that makes perfect sense the road warriors debuted that year getting a huge push the von Ericks were number two fabulous Freebirds were number three and jack and jerry briscoe were number four so that's a Pretty solid list there. The match of the year for 1983, I'm betting it's going to be the last battle of Atlanta. Nope. Uh, that come in fourth, actually. The match of the year was actually Harley Race versus Ric Flair. Now, it doesn't say on this list I'm looking at which one that is, if that's the Starcade match or the one where Harley Race won the title, but one of the Race-Flair matches won match of the year. Uh, number two was Rick Steamboat and Jay Youngblood versus Sergeant Slaughter and Don Carnodal. That was probably your observer winner there. Don Morocco versus Pedro Morales. And then Tommy Rich versus Buzz Sawyer got match of the year. Most improved winner was 1983's going to be Brett Wayne Sawyer. Number two is Mike Rotundo. Number three, Pez Watley. And number four, Brad Reagans. The feud of the year, that's got to be the Freebirds Von Eric, right, for 1983, is going to be, oh, they didn't have it for that year. It didn't start till 1986, that award. Most popular of the year for 1983 is uh, Jimmy Snuka. Oh, that's regrettable, since he <clears throat> probably killed his girlfriend that year. Dusty Rhodes is at number two, <clears throat> David Von Eric number three, and Junkyard Dog at number four. Most hated wrestler of the year of 1983. Got to think Ted DiBiase is going to rank up there pretty good. It's Greg Valentine. Oh, actually, he doesn't make the list at all there. Uh, Greg Valentine, Mass Superstar, Kevin Sullivan, and Michael Hayes. <clears throat> Comeback of the year. That's uh, hadn't started yet. It'll be 10 more years for that award. Stars Inspirational Wrestler of the Year. This is usually some baby face coming back from some adversity. 1983's is Hulk Hogan. Followed by Roddy Popper, Buzz Sawyer, and Buddy Rose. The uh, Rookie of the Year. I always like looking at the Rookie of the Year. See if these Rookies of the Year ever pan out. Most of the time, no. They wash out. And boy, the 1983s wash out. Rookie of the Year for 1983. And again, a lot of these weren't even Rookies of the Year they were voted in. But Rookie of the Year for 1983, Angelo Mosca Jr. One of the worst pro wrestlers in ring you'll ever want to see ever and a guy whose career went nowhere number two is king kong bundy okay he had a pretty solid career scott armstrong uh you know in the continental area and, and stuff he did okay but no he never really broke to a super high level and though he did get some you know did wrestle in wcw for a while it was his lower level and this arn anderson is your fourth place runner-up although he had been wrestling before that as uh marty lundy uh all right so that's the interesting little list there too the uh stanley weston award which is some like specialty award they give to whoever they want somebody that's died or something usually and that's what happened in 1983 they gave it to the uh the grand wizard who had uh, passed away so yeah interesting little set of awards there 
That's who uh, would ultimately win these. That you got the ballot. I'm looking at the ballot here, and it's literally just like I love this stuff. It's like rookie of the year, and then it's a blank all the way across. You do, like handwrite it in, and then you put your name and address and send it to Box 48, Rockville Center, New York 11517. All right. Is AWA wrestling too tough for Rick Martel? That's an article by Liz Hunter. And again, I wonder if uh, I wonder if Bill Apter's not working there uh, for a short period of time or so. There's been nothing in this magazine uh, accredited to Bill Apter. Even his fake people, like uh, what was a uh, the uh, the old grizzled guy. I forget his name. It's got a picture of the dude sitting at the desk. Matt Brock or something like that. Like even that's not in here. It's interesting. Our uh, mid magazine pinup is of Harley Race, and you get a little close up biography thing where they tell you about Harley Race's career and some important dates in it. Then you get a big full color picture of Harley Race holding the ten pounds of gold world championship. The anger of Snuka, Putski, and Santana. Bob Backlund lied to us. Ooh. Bob Backlund's a liar amongst being excruciatingly boring. Well, the the the, the latter days of uh, Jimmy Snooker are upon us at this point, by the way. So he's about to lose that belt to the Iron Sheik. He's about to lose it to Hulk Hogan. Hulkamania is literally about to start here. Jimmy Snooker, Ivan Putski, and Tito Santana, three of the premier scientific wrestlers in the WWF. They all won a title match with WWF champion Bob Backlund, and they all suffer the same heart-rending disappointment as they continue to wait for a match that will probably never happen. Now, Tito Santana still ends up doing pretty good for himself there with a couple intercontinental title runs. I always liked Tito Santana. He's, uh, I think, a guy who's very underrated. Wrestling Inquirer, and this is uh, your... Your news right before press time. This is like the last thing they stick into the magazine. Young blood makes comeback following injury. Oh, here's Bill Apter. Bill Apter, uh, many fans and observers of the mid-Atlantic wrestling scene were horrified when Jack and Jerry Briscoe cracked five of Jay Youngblood's ribs. The month marks the return of Youngblood after several months of inactivity. I want to get back together with Rick Steamboat. Well, that don't happen. Youngblood said, and pay the Briscoes back for what they did to me. I was out of action a long time. Laying on my back all that time gave me a chance to build up a lot of hatred. Jack and Jerry will be my targets, and my hatred will be my weapon. They'll pay. Says uh, LeDuc wants Dylan as a manager. Tampa, Florida. Florida heavyweight champion Joe LaDuke has requested the services of J.J. Dillon as a manager, but Dillon has refused. Everyone knows how good a deal I'm turning down, Dillon said, because signing a contract with Joe LaDuke would mean that I would control both the Southern champion Ron Bass and the Florida champion Joe LaDuke. But I've said in the past, and I reiterate at this point, that Ron Bass is on an exclusive contract with me, and I won't break that contract even for the opportunity to rule the entire Southeast. This proves to the world that J.J. Dillon is a man of his word. So you can tell PWI's working angle there. Flair seeks another championship title. San Juan, Puerto Rico, not content with just his Missouri State Championship. And that's right. A lot of people may not remember, but Ric Flair was during his uh 
during his spell where he Harley Race had the NWA world title in 1983 between, uh, you know, what was it, the spring of, of 83 and then losing the back to him at Starcade. And on Thanksgiving, Ric Flair was the Missouri state champion uh, during that time period. So uh, he goes down to Puerto Rico where I guess he's wrestling uh, the North American champion, Pedro Morales. So I guess Pedro's working both uh, WWF and and uh, W and uh, World Wrestling Council, which wasn't unusual. I mean, Gorilla Monsoon owned part of World Wrestling Council as well and points in WWF also. Anderson touts Pez as next national champion. Ole Anderson claims that Pistol Pez Watley will be the man to defeat Larry Zabisco for the National Heavyweight Championship. Around the globe, over in Tokyo, Japan, after suffering a shocking defeat, Giant Baba and Jumbo Saruta came back two weeks later to regain the international tag team titles from the hated duo of Tiger Jeet Singh and Uida. Says That's all it says. It's just Uida. Umanosuke Uida there. Some observers had predicted that Baba and Saruta would break up after the loss, but instead the duo went back to the gym and successfully reworked its strategy. Graz, Austria. Former AWA World Champion Otto Vons won a three-week championship tournament that included such international stars as Sergeant Slaughter and Larry Hennig of the U.S., Bill Sampson of Columbia, David Tank Morgan. I thought, she was gonna, thought I was going to say David Tank Abbott there like in a, in a, in a you know 10-year premonition or something. David Tank Morgan of England and Rene Le Sarce of France. In Lexington, Kentucky, Jackie Fargo is coming out of retirement to join Steve Kern and Stan Lane, the fabulous ones, in a six-man tag team match against the Moon Dogs and Buddy Landell. It'll be just like the old days when I teamed with my brothers Donnie and Roughhouse, Jackie said. Six-man tag team matches were always my favorite. Can't wait to get back in action. Then exclusive coverage, the Freebirds regain the six-man tag team titles from the Von Erichs. And for the Freebirds, we're talking about Michael Hayes, Buddy Roberts, and Terry Gordy. And for the Von Erichs, we're talking about David, Kevin, and Kerry at this point in time. The hot feud upset of the year. How J.J. Dillon bull rope Dusty Rhodes. Yes, they won a they ran an angle down in Florida where this actually happened. Dusty Rhodes against J.J. Dillon in a bull rope match where uh, J.J. Uh, got the got the win, but it was of course obviously with much shenanigans involved. Okay, oh actually I was wrong. Here is Matt Brock's column looking at Matt Brock says, um, and this is of course a a fictional grizzled old reporter written by Bill Apter and it's always some sort of editorial Jack and Jerry Briscoe he talks about them looks like in primarily the, here in this article then we get the bits and pieces of, of our first half of the magazine our letters column Chris Powers from Maryland are you listening I would love one day for one of these folks to actually be listening to this show still following wrestling 40 years later and they say oh yeah you know I'm actually so and so a wrestler or wrote such and such newsletter or do a podcast or whatever Mike Marilio from uh, Quincy, Massachusetts Aletha Martin from Oregon I, know, I mean I know some some folks actually you know did there was uh, you know uh, a few different people who wrote into the magazines who ended up doing just what I said there alright then, then you get the in-house ad for the wrestler and inside wrestling magazines you'll be shocked 
at the startling chain of events that prevented Mil Maskris from keeping the AWA world title he won. The very real dangers behind Larry Zabisco's controversial national title reign are analyzed in depth, plus a Roddy Piper interview. Dino Bravo reveals that he can tell Bob Backlund how to defeat the mass superstar. Jim Garvin and Sunshine become David Von Erich's farmhands for a day. Bob Sweetan is wrestling's most hated man. Ha <laughs> ha, boy, do you know. Steve Kern and Stan Lane profiled. All this and much more in The Wrestler. So over in Inside Wrestling, which was probably my favorite of the magazines because it had that roll call of champions section. Kerry Von Erich is grilled on the hot seat and admits, I can't control myself anymore. Are the Samoans really owned by Captain Lou Albano, or does someone else control the destiny of wrestling's wildest tag team? Plus, Mr. Wrestling 2 and Larry Zabisco face off one-on-one. Vern Gagne offers a grave warning to Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel. Jimmy Valiant tackles NWA World Champion Harley Race. The Road Warriors and Elijah Keem and Kareem Muhammad battle for tag team supremacy. That's in the pages of Inside Wrestling. More from your ringside news. We've got a picture of a very wooly-looking uh, David Schultz here. See what some of, some of your news notes here are. Much-anticipated reunion between Blackjack Lanza and Blackjack Mulligan took place recently in St. Louis. Uh, General Skandar Akbar says he will give North American champion Butch Reed $25,000 if he can end the career of Hacksaw Duggan. Speaking of Butch Reed, Mil Mascaris has been gunning for a shot at the North American title. It would be a great athletic contest matching the incredible speed and strength of both wrestlers. Ted DiBiase says the reason he's going to Georgia is not because he lost a loser leave town match in Texas against Axaw Duggan, but because he's after Mr. Wrestling 2. During a recent match in which gorgeous Jimmy Garvin was wrestling David Von Erich, Garvin had managed to uh, capture David in a uh, full Nelson. Garvin yielded to his valet sunshine, or yelled to his valet sunshine to come in and attack David. Uh, David ducked and sunshine smacked Garvin in the kisser. Wow. Why was that in the news section? Former AWA world champion Otto Vons has signed for an upcoming series of battle royals throughout the Midwest. He says he has a surprise for the American fans claiming that he has uh, he's lost two pounds. Says Otto Vons. Two pounds. Two pounds. Good for Otto. Good Lord. Hangman Bobby Jagger says his next match against Southwest champion Tully Blanchard will be the one in which he finally wins the belt. And finally, this just in, as we were going to press, we heard from the reliable sources that Rick Steamboat is preparing to retire from wrestling. We called Steamboat to ask him about the situation, and he responded, no comment. That's from a... that's uh, far from a denial. We'll have more details on this next month. I think uh, Steamboat had a Injury at this point, but he's going ultimately, of course, to WWF. He'll be at you know WrestleMania one and uh, later in nineteen eighty four. He's going up there, but yeah, so Ricky Steamboat again. Uh, as I as I discussed on our two hundred one greatest pro wrestlers of all time list, where Steamboat ranked, and you know he ranked as high as he did because of his great work rate, but he ranked as low as he did because of his inconsistency. I mean, he took long periods of time off from uh, wrestling. I mean, it was not uncommon for him to take months off at a time, uh, you know, not really be, be doing anything. So it's 
one of the one of the interesting things among many we discovered in ranking the 201 greatest wrestlers of all time. The rest of the magazine here appears to just be the continuation of the uh, other articles until we get, of course, to one of my favorite sections, the ratings, the ratings analysis. And let's look at the ratings here. Loved, loved, loved ratings, as you can imagine. It's not the 201 greatest wrestlers of all time, but it'll have to do your top 10 for this point in time, let's see if it has an end date. It was a few years before they started putting this. So we're going to say the end date would be around uh, September of 1983, probably. So up to that point, or around September, the fall of 1983, they have as their top ten. Number one, Harley Race. Of course, he's NWA champion. Number two, Andre the Giant. Number three, Dusty Rhodes. Number four, Nick Botwinkle, who's the AWA champion. Number five is Ric Flair. Uh, number six, Bob Backlund, so the WWF champion doesn't come into number six. They didn't hold the WWF in very high esteem after they got banned from uh, taking photos at the uh, WWF matches. Number seven, Mil Mascaris. Number eight, Barry Windham. Number nine, Hulk Hogan. And number 10, Dino Bravo. Uh, most popular is Andre the Giant, followed by Dusty Rhodes, Roddy Piper, Junkyard Dog, Jimmy Snuka, Tommy Rich, Playboy Buddy Rose, he must have been a face at this point, Kerry Von Erich, Barry Windham, and Bob Backlund. Your most hated is Ron Bass, uh, Hacksaw Reed, Butch Reed, Larry Zabisco, Bob Sweetan, Greg Valentine, Ted DiBiase, Buzz Sawyer, Kevin Sullivan, Magnificent Morocco, and Abdullah the Butcher. Your tag teams are... Um, and interesting, they don't have the Road Warriors on here yet. And the Road Warriors, yeah, they do. And they're number three. I'm sorry I overlooked it. Number one, Jack and Jerry Briscoe. Number two, Kim Patera and Christian Blackwell. Number three, the Road Warriors. Four, Elijah Akeem and Kareem Mohammed, the Zambu Express. Number five, Terry Allen and your future Magnum TA and Hacksaw Duggan. Number six, the Freebirds. Number seven, the Samoans. Number eight, the Fabulous Ones, Steve Kern and Stan Lane. Number eight, Pat Patterson and Pierre Lafabre. And number 10, Buzz Tyler and Bulldog Bob Brown. And the NWA, of course, world champion Harley Race. And uh, as their top five, they got Greg Valentine, Ric Flair, Larry Zabisco, and Rufus R. Jones, and Ron Bass. This is kind of a culmination of the different areas altogether. AWA, the world champion is Nick Bockwinkle, followed by Hulk Hogan, Mad Dog with Sean, Mr. Saito, Rick Martell, and Wahoo McDaniel. WWF, the champion is Bob Backlund, followed by the Mass Superstar, Magnificent Morocco, Jimmy Snuka, Sergeant Slaughter, and Big John Stud. Georgia, number one, Larry Zabisco, followed by Mr. Wrestling 2, Tommy Rich, Buzz Sawyer, Greg Valentine, World Class, Jimmy Garvin, followed by David Von Erich, Kevin Von Erich, Michael Hayes, and Kerry Von Erich. Very Von Erich heavy there. Mid-Atlantic, number one's Greg Valentine. Uh, Florida, number one's Ron Bass. Mid-South, number one, Butch Reed, followed by number two, Junkyard Dog. Southwest is number one, Adrian Adonis. And uh, Northwest is Kurt Henning, as we talked about him a little earlier. And then the back page, the uh, back cover is where you can buy a scene on TV. It says, Wrestling Album 5. What is on the wrestling album? Well, it's not a music album. It's a it's a uh, poster book. It's got full-color posters of all kinds of folks here. It highlights Bob Backlund, Hulk Hogan, 
Ricky Steamboat, Ric Flair, Barry Windham, Ted DiBiase, uh, Greg Valentine, Tommy Rich. See, I uh, see Tony Atlas in there, Andre the Giant, Rick Martel. Looks like a lot of these are the co- the centerfolds from various Pro Wrestling Illustrated photo shoots. What that looks like. All right, so that is the Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazine for January. 1984. Hope you've enjoyed this look back. If you want more pro wrestling information, pro wrestling history, deep dives into pro wrestling history, we've got Saga of Specials where we take a a uh, prominent situation or maybe not a prominent situation, maybe just an interesting territorial situation and deep dive all the way through it to different characters. Hulk Hogan, talking about this time period here. Hulk Hogan, did he win the AWA world title? We've, you know, you've heard about that. Did he or did he not? Was he stripped of it? Was he supposed to win it? What was the whole deal there? Oh, well, you know, I heard, you know, he wasn't supposed to win it. He was going to Japan. Is that true? Is that not true? What did he do? All that. We talked about David Von Erich. We've got a very deep dive. The saga of, of the death of David Von Erich. Uh, really covers about the la- every, basically every day of the last six months of his life. We tell you what he's doing up to the point of his death and what happens shortly thereafter. It's it's really the most uh, detailed look that's ever been taken, really, at the at the life and 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 death the last few months of David Von Erich. We've got lots of shows like that on there uh, to check that out. And again. Uh, hope you'll check out our 201 Greatest Pro Wrestlers of All Time. And ultimately, I mean, I hope you'll become a Patreon supporter at When It Was Cool. That's how we fund our website. That is how we uh, keep it going. And we have not just, we don't just do pro wrestling history there, although that is the bulk of what we do, what I do, obviously. But we also cover retro pop culture. I just recently reviewed uh, Rocky One, the movie. Uh, great, great. Love the Rocky movies. We're going to be re- reviewing the rest of those. We've reviewed all the Star Wars movies every Friday the 13th. We do a Friday the 13th movie, including January of 2023. We'll be doing Friday the 13th Part 3, where Jason gets his hockey mask. If all that sounds fun to you, if all that sounds like a fun look back, then you need to be over at whenitwascool.com. Come check us out. Go to whenitwascool.com. Save it on your uh, favorite browser or phone or wherever you access the internet and visit us regularly i put up a new show almost every single day many of them are free i hope you'll check that out so thank you very much for listening i'm carl stern and i'll see you here again soon with another show hey everybody carl here from when it was i've talked to you a lot about our patreon which is the most important way you can support us but let me remind you of what else we do you can follow us on social media on both Facebook and Twitter. Grab the links off the front page of whenitwascool.com. Check out all of our free podcasts on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and other major podcast outlets. Check out Dragon King Dark, along with Stuck in the Desert Podcast, Uphill Both Ways, Wrestling with the Dog, The Thrash Metal Show, Life and Times with KZ, our new show, The Plot, Dragon King Carl Classic Wrestling Audio Show, Fireside Chat, and Hill Mustache Podcast, plus many specials every month. Go to whenitwascool.com for everything retro pop culture and more. Hit that Patreon link for premium podcast content. If you're looking for something fresh and fun to listen to, then bookmark whenitwascool.com.